Don't tee me up. They ain't ready for it. They were sleeping on us. Yeah, I know that they were snoring. But they waking up the triple doubles. Yeah, we scoring. So cold with it. You might need a cocaine dot in the booth with Mike. They the ghost. We be out here debating. It's all about the conversation. Y'all people be getting mad at the observation that we making. You know it's all fast. There's no cap in the rap. So this Millennials versus the world, man. It's your boy K. Dot Mims. Hey, it's your boy Mike Hampton. Yeah. And we got <laughs> and we got two very special guests. I'm not gonna mess up the letters behind their name because they are very accomplished. They've done their work to become therapists. We got two licensed therapists on the name. I'm gonna let y'all introduce yourselves. Oh, this is really odd. <laughs> um, I'm Lakeisha Gray, a licensed professional counselor go in the ahead, state of girl. Virginia. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, girl. I am Tamara Mason, licensed professional counselor in the District of Columbia and the state of Maryland. Okay, say so all them letters. L-P-G-C-P-A-E. L-P-C, L-C-P-C. Yeah. P-M-A-C <laughs> loading. Okay. A-C-D-C college. <laughs> yeah, girl. Say girl. A-C-D-C college. Hey, Mike, the series and shit. You about to say something. Oh, what I was going to say was... Before we get into what we're rapping about today. Uh, that, so don't ever blame me. You saw that brain party in mid-sentence. So, we are. And if you don't know, we're all parents, so we got babies. This is daycare straight because we're actually recording while we live in life. You feel me? But, but, but uh, today we're talking about y'all journey as mental health specialists. And I'm going I want to ask this question first. Um, what, what made y'all want to be therapists? And either one of y'all can take that first. Mm, that's a good, good question. question. It ain't the SAT. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For me, it kind of just fell in my lap. It wasn't, because when I was, you know, in high school and stuff trying to figure out what I'm going to do with my life, mm-hmm. my goal was to become a school counselor. Um, but I ended up switching my major from school counseling to clinical mental health counseling because my advisor mm-hmm. told me it was more opportunities that way. Mm-hmm. She lied, but you know, whatever. <laughs> I didn't get into that. But, um, so when I took that route, it was more, uh, clinical therapeutic based, like opportunities I was, um, being presented. Um, but I knew that the money was where the license was. So mm-hmm. I, it's like, I have this credential, I have this degree now, but let me go get this license. So that's how I ended up. Yeah. Okay. Just kind of fall into the therapy. All right, and I'm good at it. So you are, you are. <laughs> I think for me, it's actually really funny. Like I really just liked my, like the psychology teacher at my high school mm-hmm. was so dope to me. I don't know why, like, she was just, like, so cool, and she was different than all the other teachers, so I was like, I'm going to go to her class, and I, like, now, like, I've learned so much stuff about her that it's like, whoa, maybe she wasn't as cool as I thought, but (laughs) she was just really, I felt like she was so self-actualized. Did she look like us? She was white. No, she was white, but she was country. She had a black husband. Oh, okay, so she's... Yeah, she was from, like, uh, Tennessee or something like that. I think she was from Tennessee. So she went hard ER. Yeah, no, she had a little twang, and she had a black husband. And... So, yeah, I started off just liking, like, her in general, like, Mm -hmm. the the person. And then, so I was like, okay, this is cool, psychology, the stuff she was teaching us. And then I went on to college. I really didn't know what I want to do. I was like, oh, like it was so shallow. Mm-hmm. 
I was like, I like that teacher. So I like that you class. What did you do in undergrad? Psychology. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you got, I don't think that a lot of people have that experience in high school no. where, they, where they are attracted to, I guess, the I guess the foundation that one teacher provides. Yeah. And then they follow that. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. people probably like a subject because of one teacher, and it might not be because of the subject. Mm-hmm. It might have It was the, the way for me the teacher. Looked, yeah. Or they might have liked the way that you know so and so had her hair. You know, it might be something totally opposite of the yeah. class, right? But I think that bag needs to be unpacked yeah. later. I like, think I, that's the reason I became a teacher. My coach sat down and was like, hey, bro, you can do this and do that, but you got to think about something you can do for the rest of your life. And I was like, oh. You mean as far as sports? Like he was saying that It was you. just that when I looked at his lifestyle when I was in high school, it was like he's coaching basketball. He loves basketball. Like, I think for yeah. me, human interaction on a daily yeah. basis is a, is a necessity. Yeah. Like, just... Meeting new people, I don't, you know, you affect people how you affect them, but like meeting new people, talking trash, yeah. learning different perspectives. Like this person come from that was great, but um, I, I after that I wanted to ask you too, Britt. You're not, you're not. Why did you become a counselor? Just because you're not on camera, don't mean you're not answering. <laughs> oh well, preparing a school counselor. It's alright. That's my baby. That's my baby talking. <laughs> uh, we good. I want to become a school counselor because in high school I had a great school counselor. We as school counselors, or in the past, as they've been referred to guidance counselors, they kind of had like a bad reputation as you know someone that hides in the office and things like that. Like most times, kids didn't even know who their counselor, school counselor was. But in high school, I had an excellent school counselor, and she just motivated me to want to do the same for others, as well as. My husband, well, Keenan, that worked in education, because I know when I came out of... Bam, K.Mims, bam, K.Mims. When I came out of uh, A&T, I actually went into, I kind of changed directions and went into HR. I thought that's what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. But when I would visit Keenan's classroom, I was like, oh, I kind of like education. I like his whole little thing that he had going on. But I was trying to figure out where could I fit in. I thought about school counseling, and I went with that. Yeah. Yeah, that is. That is. And then just for the record, so let me. All my teachers was trash. I don't think they was trash. <laughs> you, you know what I think it boils down to? Was your te- did your teachers like you? Yes, I'm sure they did. I'm sure oh, you were a likable kid. Hold on. Not, like hold on. male? Hold on. Oh, let, me, let me run. Both. Let me, let me run down the. Is your football coach black? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I mean, my my favorite coach. No, was no, no. Was the one that made the call was he black? Oh, we can't look at that. Oh, but, well, but, I didn't but know my, that. But my thing is, I that's, didn't a good, that's a good. That's a good. I don't know why it's so keen for him. Black culture. That's a good. That's a good. Yeah, that is. Uh, that's a good point. Good. I never thought about that. That I had, didn't have no professional. He is really going to go off in the middle of the park. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He, he gonna start walking. He good. He's pretty good. He's good. He good. But I will say. Shout out to my school counselor also because I might have still worked with Initially, when I wanted to be a school counselor, mm-hmm. it was because of my school counselor. Right. And it was a black guy. Mm-hmm. And, oh, it was a um, guy? Mm-hmm. Black man, yep. I was going to be a tennis clerk. And like I was telling you before we started recording, um, y'all know I had, <clears throat> I had my first child at 18 years old, but I was pregnant at 17 
about to graduate. Mm-hmm. And um, the attendance clerk was the first one I had told. Can I shout her out? That's yeah, yeah, for Shout sure. out Miss Dickens. Yeah. 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 Oh, 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 shout out to Miss Dickens and all the other Leos in the world. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> right next to uh, Mr. Baxter. And Mr. Baxter, I had to go talk to him. And he was the one who encouraged me to go talk to my mom. Uh, mm-hmm. and we had to go That's through the whole up. thing. But um, we need that in the culture. Yeah, yeah. no, but yeah, for sure. Me. Like, I want to do this for more girls who like are in my situation because I was kind of like Lost not the the look of girls that get pregnant in high school. And mm-hmm. I know like other girls were struggling with the same thing that I was during that time. So mm-hmm. I want to do that for others, but my route went differently. Like, so mm-hmm. just a segue, because you said that, like, so when you started studying psychology and therapy, when did you start to relate experiences to your therapeutic studies, if that makes sense? Like, how far were you in the process of becoming a therapist when you realized, like, yo, I got some things that I got to address in order to become this Tamara we know. Mm, you understand what I'm saying? Um, like, how deep were you? Because I know, I, and I'm going to just give a little bit of background mm. to help you with it. I remember some classes. Britt, what was that class when you did that family tree? Oh, family therapy. Yeah. And, and, and she did this tree. And Brown. You had to say, like, oh, yeah. I was in school, too. Yeah. <laughs> I thought like I did the genogram before family therapy. Yeah. But, Maybe but, even in like 101. But the point I'm making is on that on that chart, she had to say things like the relationship is close but hostile. Da 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 da. Strange. And it made her. And it was certain like um, yeah. symbols for like the relationship between the people. And I think that was a turning point from I'm not even in school for that. But yeah, I was like, Dad, I didn't even know family dealt with this much close but hostile. So I guess it may not be family for you, but what was the class or situation? I was like, Dad, bro, I got some things that I got to address in order. You, you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, what made you realize, like, it's real? Therapy is needed, I guess I can say. That's a I good question. Therapy is needed. a defining moment like that. I definitely remember doing my genogram, though. Mm-hmm. And it was chaotic as hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, dang, like, yeah, what is yeah, my yeah, history? Yeah, yeah. How does this, like, apply to who I am? Yeah. Um, uh, I did I have to reflect on that a lot. But a defining moment, I can't pick at this very moment. I mm-hmm. think it's the totality of the journey, period. Mm-hmm. And like leaving undergrad and immediately going into grad school. But I think mm-hmm. the whole undergrad experience had um I feel like that's when, when people mm-hmm. are growing into mm-hmm. like adulthood for sure. So like you're having all these mm-hmm. different experiences with relationships, mm-hmm. with friendships, with uh, networking and careers and all like all that's happening mm-hmm. at once at such a young age. Mm-hmm. Um so like after I had left all of that behind and then moved to the DC area and started grad school and started this whole clinical mental health journey, I think it just gave me time, after each class and each assignment, it just gave me time to reflect over and over and over again about your own lifestyle and then like serving the other people like during internship and all that. It's just like, wow. Like I have similar patterns as this person that I'm serving. I'm like, how does that apply to my relationship or like, or how could I better respond to my husband or just like, I think it's the totality of the entire journey. I don't, mm-hmm. I can't think of a, a defining moment though. Okay, Lakeith, how about you? Um, so I, I'm like very, very clear on these questions that you're asking. So I think they're so good. Um, I remember that there was like a switch, like where I was like, oh shit, was when I thought my mom had borderline personality disorder. Mm-hmm. Like I had been, we had reviewed that in class and I was like, my mom acts like this. Mm. So then I was like, what does that mean about me? If I, if I feel like my mom is so hostile very attached, like seeming like she needs to be in situation. Like I, I remember that being my thing. And I remember I told my mom that and she was like, no, I don't. 
But I didn't tell her that she had borderline oh, personality crazy. disorder. I told her I thought she acted like Evelyn Lozada. Oh, really? oh, my God. That's right. <laughs> I was like, when I saw Evelyn Lozada, that was in the beginning. So this is like early Basketball Wives days where this person would just a hair trigger and throw a drink and like fight. Yeah. That, and I was just like, that, that feels familiar to me. So that's when I started thinking, like, how does this affect me and things like that. But, yeah, but I think that was me. It was more so like, other people, not myself. I wasn't like. Did she ever come to terms with, like, oh, yeah. No, never. She's just like, it was more like a shutdown. Like, girl, no. <laughs> that's not me. Would well, you say that the shutdown only became because you attached her to somebody that she was familiar yeah, with? Yeah, like, I, I had uh, a picture. Uh, I said, uh, you. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Said somebody that she wasn't like she was like Michelle Obama. That she, had, that she had to go research and was like, oh, I didn't know that this person lived like this. Oh, oh man, that's maybe, true. Maybe that's me. Maybe yeah. That's me. I told her well, that she reminded Evelyn. me of Evelyn Lozada. Mm hmm. Like, you're just so quick to just, you're, you're, your temper is quick. You told her her head hurt. <laughs> yes, I told her. Your temper is insane. Like, you give me, you treat, you seem like this person. Um, I don't think I told her borderline personality disorder, but I definitely told her, like, Evelyn. So how much trauma do y'all see that's in the world now that y'all... Everywhere. Y'all woke? Everywhere. everywhere. Which, but can you, you can't just say everywhere. What do you mean everywhere? You, you agree everywhere, too? Everywhere. You, you agree everywhere, too? Unintentionally, intentionally. I don't actually reflect on your question. What? On what? Oh, that's a great question. Um, when did I realize that I you had... Yeah, I think human growth and development and that diagnosis type, I was reading What you were feeling, yeah. The more we were researching and reflecting and looking at our childhood and experiences, I'm like, this is what it is. This is what I've been experiencing, and this is why I've been experiencing this. So, yeah, throughout our program was really good. Yeah, it right. was and so good. Oh, you went to yeah, I went to Trinity as well. Yeah, that's a good point that you brought out because like, oh, yeah, I do. But that was a great point that you brought up because like, I feel like that's a, that happened to me, too. But that was later. If you ask, like when I first noticed, I felt like my mom was like, Evelyn. But like I did when I read diagnosis, diagnoses about anxiety, I 100 percent relate to that. Like, yeah, I like most of our generation has high functioning anxiety. So like when we just throw out terms, just plainly like just anxiety, depression, yada, yada, woo, I think people automatically kind of like. But I think high functioning anxiety definitely mm -hmm. applies to Can you break that down? What's high functioning anxiety? So like high, it can look differently. Not debilitating. Yeah. Is it, yeah, it's, it's, it's not debilitating. It's not gonna stop your day to day. Yeah. But just like even like um like I have a friend who is severely like organized and very like goal oriented, but like that's it takes up her whole day. Right. But mm -hmm. it's because she keeps herself busy, 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 busy because she won't stop to think about like what is she trying to not process? Mm -hmm. Or like, what is she yeah. trying to not focus on? So like, mm -hmm. you just, you continuously like have yourself in something. That's high functioning anxiety. Or it can, it, it's a variety of like different ways that, um, that it can present itself, mm -hmm. but it, it won't stop you from like being yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. That's dope. I, so. And a lot of us like. See, now you gotta open, open up a whole nother bag. So I guess I wanna ask now, how much does knowing like everything help or hurt how you see yourself 
like if you know you're experiencing anxiety, mm-hmm. like or if you know you're experiencing anxiety, you're looking depression. at you for confirmation. Oh. Like, can I sit here? <laughs> Sorry. No, nah, you good. So like, if one of y'all were experiencing anxiety, depression, I don't know the whole nine. Yeah. How does knowing that it happens the way it happens affect how you handle those things for yourself? Because y'all in a unique position. Y'all got to be there for everybody else. But when it hits for you, and you know what the symptoms look like, you know what the pre not predetermined like what happens before it comes on. Does it does it register for you? I guess for you about you the same way it would register. When you hear from somebody else. Yes. Yes. Great way. Great way. Yes. I say yes. So how do you handle that? Um, I find it. I actually see it as like a plus. It's great. Like you where you. Because that's the problem. Like how they was saying she couldn't put a name to it. Mm-hmm. I think that's where the um, the issues come. When you can't identify what you're struggling with. I think when I, when I see it in myself. It makes me more empathetic as a therapist. It makes me more approachable as a therapist. More mm-hmm. relatable. And I can see those things like, um, like, it, the, like things that make me anxious. Like, let, let me think. Things that make me anxious are like people. So like my husband is a great source of my anxiety because he is totally different than me in terms of like how he shows up in the world. So he is very uh, like I'm on my own time. I do me like I don't have to be like super stringent. And so like I feel like I'm very like like particular about certain things like I like a pattern mm-hmm. and he d- there's no pattern what's your sign? I'm a Leo I thought he was a Virgo, <laughs> <laughs> Virgo. <laughs> but I like a pattern I like things I like things to be pretty much predictable so even if there's no rhyme or reason or for you like you can't internalize like why this would make sense it makes sense to me so like my husband was like we don't have any time to be at work why is it important to you that our son gets to daycare at 9 a.m. because mm-hmm like things matter like being on time matters that matters not just for us it matters for miss vi it matters for the traffic pattern it's just like it matters for him his routine like so i see that and that's anxiety right mm-hmm. like that's just like oh but you have to be on time you have to be there at nine o'clock every day mm-hmm. and he and he's very much no you don't mm-hmm. you don't need to be there at nine o'clock every day if you get there at 10 you get there at 10 yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's it so i think that um that is a big piece too. I see myself in like, that's a reality check. Like he's mm-hmm. like a mirror for me of like, okay, really what will happen? If you get there at 10, what's, what will happen? What are the consequences? So I do therapy with myself kind of like to put it all out there. of Like you're anxious right now. What does that look like? And like how real is the fear that you have? Mm-hmm. Like, is that legitimate? Yeah, yeah. And I think it's um, helpful for sure. And definitely in working with your clients because you can be like, you can say, and I think that a lot of clients look for relatability and, like, for mm-hmm. you to be able to say, I, I've been in that situation before. I know when I went to therapy for the first time, I, really, I definitely look for relatability. If I feel like you don't hear me. Yeah, or understand. Uh, yeah, like, exactly. You know, this is this going to sound crazy. I'm going to use a McDonald's reference, and y'all going to laugh. Like, everybody's like, oh, McDonald's, that's rat meat. That's fake. As long as it tastes like a burger and I order a burger, <laughs> like, I'm straight. <laughs> I don't even know. Just don't tell me, just don't prove to me that it's rat So what I'm saying to my therapist, as long as you make me feel like you're trying, like you're relatable, I'm good. Even if you're not real. Like you got to call me like this, right here. I'm cool with that. Fake it till you make it. You don't need to know the technical part. Nah, but you need to make me feel like that's not rat me. I try to appropriately self-disclose to my clients like a lot. Just like, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Like they just, they need that. It's affirming. It's helpful. Yeah. Even my therapist goes through this. 
But then you gotta like, of course, follow it up with tools and all that to overcome it. Mm-hmm. And I think like with, speaking on anxiety, I know very much so I can be anxious when it comes to like me going to a place that I haven't been before. Mm-hmm. So what I do to I I kind of take a different route. So like I will um do things beforehand as a precaution to overcome Prevent my anxiety, anxiety about that. So yes, yeah, so preventative uh, measures. So. If I'm going somewhere that I haven't been before, I know a bunch of people are supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. I will go to the place early. So I'm always, I'm very big yeah. on time for this very reason, high-functioning anxiety. So I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, punctuality well, is my thing. Like, if yeah. y'all know me, I don't play yeah. about, yeah, about time. Yeah, about being on time, like, oh, yeah. Like, the Masons, we're going to be there. dressed yes. and ready. And on time, yeah. yeah. 24 hours before the time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's the fact. We're going to have but that's a combination <laughs> of like I feel like it's yeah. a combination of like military and then like Tamara's anxiety. So I go ahead of time, like not only just to be on time because I'm taking into consideration what the start time is, like the person who's hosting the event, mm-hmm. but also like kind of to people. This may sound weird, but to people watch just so I can get an idea of like okay, who mm-hmm. else is gonna be here? Like let me try to figure people out based on like who's walking in. Mm-hmm. Like that just helps me calm myself down and like mm-hmm. I feel confident going into wherever the situation is. But I know that I'm Let's see, I have anxiety, but I'm the total opposite. And I think that has to come into the Leo. I'm coming. If I'm coming, I'm coming. Like, I don't feel like I need to, like, be a... Yeah. That goes to what we were talking about the other day in the car when you asked me about, like, why I don't really... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jump into that back, bro. It's really anxiety. Why I don't That was crazy when you told me that, yeah. I don't go out like I used to. If we was to really unpack that, it's probably because of some traumatic experience that experiences that I haven't tied it to yet. Yeah. Well, I know, let's say... I was have that a tear I was about to see working? No, no, no. no. Oh, but let's say oh, I got to be oh, somewhere at 8 o'clock, right? Yeah. I might get here at 6 o'clock. For that same reason. You got to see wow. what, what car ride up. I, what? I need to... And I'm going to go in there at 8 o'clock because I need to see everybody walk in first. Yeah, for sure. That's real, though. I, wow. And, it, and it's something to the point where I'm not going to leave the house unless I got to. Yeah. And that, I don't know where that came from because that was a stretch in my life. I'm Wait, everywhere. Mike, what's that part? You ain't gonna leave the house unless yesterday. you got he to. He told me that yesterday. That was what like, does he mean? What? what do you mean? Say more. I ain't going nowhere. Like, like I don't do nothing. Was this you like don't... after COVID? Like, no, this was before. I would say. It Can was... I get some context to the conversation? Yeah. Before he was finished, yeah. when I asked Mike, we was about yeah. to go hoop, and I asked him, I was like, yeah. hey, bro, like, uh, remember when me and him was like going to the yeah, football yeah. field and da da da? I was like, yeah, bro. I was like, uh, this is gonna sound so crazy on the pod. I was like, <laughs> Right, he's like my first friend. Like, so I was going over before this. I was like, I was like, you don't be going out like that. But I wasn't yeah. talking about like socially going out. I was just saying like going to the house. And he explained. So he was like, nah. And then he started explaining why. So that's how the conversation came up yesterday. Yeah. We wasn't randomly just talking yeah, I, about. I just be thinking about. Let's say yeah. we got to go to DC for whatever reason, right? Mm-hmm. The whole time we thinking like, all right, park. That's the first thing, right? Parking. And when we get there, then what type of what type of clothes am I supposed to be wearing? When I get there, alright, so mm-hmm. what type of, like, is there going to be security? Are they going to pat me down? Mm-hmm. I don't know, like, I go through this, yeah, like, yeah. thing to the yeah. point where you know, I'd rather yeah, not go. Yeah. And it's yeah. probably, probably has something to do with why I said, John, yesterday. Mm-hmm. To, the, to, the, to the point where I'll just not do it. Like, I'm not going to do it. Because y'all want to something. Yeah, to the point where people be asking me to go out, and I don't show up, and it has nothing to do with them. I respect that. Wow. It has nothing to do with them. To the point where I'm known as a guy that ain't gonna ever show up. But you know what? That's Thomas. I've done like that since Cameron, you know. Oh, I'm like, oh. That's Lord, Thomas. They already expect him not to show up. But see, I'm the opposite of that. That's amazing. That's so cool. And see, I'm so different. Is anybody different than me? I'm more of like, like I want to get there. I want, like, I don't care about who came yet. 
I don't care about what showed up. I stepped on the scene. Yeah. I feel different. I don't get anxious about, I don't feel different about coming to a space. I'm excited. I will put it to you like this. I don't feel worried about the the parking, nothing like that. I have absolutely zero social anxiety. I don't put it to you like that. Anybody that know me, it's Keenan, K.Mim, Sneak, however you want to put KJ. Hey, Cameron. And neither does Cameron. Yeah, you feel <laughs> like, at all, obviously, like, you feel me? But, but, but anybody that know me, no, I, I think my thing is, I'm, you know, the only thing that I will say, I'm very punctual. That causes me true anxiety. If I tell you, and like I was saying, probably coming over here to shoot is probably the latest I'll ever be in my life. When we, like, it's simple stuff, like, we'll leave Maryland on a Wednesday to go to North Carolina. Right. It's nothing crazy on a Wednesday that's going to cause crazy traffic besides, um, you know, people leaving work. Right. If, right, right. If Brittany, right. if we say eight o'clock PM, no AM, no. it don't matter. It's say eight o'clock PM, and seven o'clock starts coming. When seven o'clock starts coming, it's that top button. You see the one that got the camera top right. Oh, it start. You got it. So if it's eight o'clock and we say and we say like yo. It's six thirty, and she ain't already did her little lady things, and I got all the bag downstairs, and I'm like six thirty, and I'm sitting in a room with her. I'm like six forty-five. No, you're anxious oh. about that. No, I really do get anxious. At that point, bro, I start, I start like you out of control. Like, like you know what I'm saying? Out of control of the situation. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, yeah, and, and, and I had to realize like we have to agree. That our travel day is we get there when we get there. If we don't agree on that before we travel, we need to come up with a time that we're leaving. Oh, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I'm flexible, but I. I'm but a, you hold it to the time. If yeah, you agree that it's eight o'clock, we need to leave at eight o'clock. And what it stems from? Talking about traumatic experiences. What it stems from is like my pops been like, "I'm gonna be at your game at five o'clock." So you stand at the door at five o'clock, like. Oh, that's man, oh yeah. So when I tell somebody I'm gonna be there, I like to be there when I say I'm gonna be there. Yeah, yeah. But but uh, I've I've learned I've learned that like everything not that deep. Yeah. I I'm telling you, this is my son. Just for the record, because the visuals can probably see him, but the audio can't. But let me know you <laughs> like this, man. We're working on it. But, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think mine can stem from trauma. I can't think of a traumatic event where I'm like. It, it doesn't like, necessarily need to be trauma. I think too, like your upbringing, you were raised in a military household. Timeliness, both your parents were on time. Like I ten by of, ten. Like chaos. So like for example, yeah, like work, yeah. The hours of my job is nine to five, but I was approved to work eight to four, and it, it works with the girls' daycare also. But um, I like it because I get there an hour before everybody. Like I know I'm walking into a peaceful office. Mm-hmm. But if I come in at 9, or like let's say I happen to be 5, 10 minutes late for whatever reason, mm-hmm. and then I come into a whole bunch of BS, like that, that that's amazing. That is so like, amazing because I want to I want to walk into the BS. I don't care. Yeah. Girl, I like, I'm on the way. scene. I needed to see a bill. Yeah, see, that's awesome. That's a really good coping skill I, that I, I, I think I, I might try. because on, I don't, that's a coping skill? Yes. That's what you don't realize. She's coped. She's realized that I this brings me anxiety, so for me to feel better, I'm coming early. I didn't know that was considered coping, like yeah, yeah that's a measure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Re- anything that relieves you of having that symptom is coping. coping. Yeah. So whoa, 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 whoa! I need to <laughs> answer this. Hold on. 
So if I do something to prevent a feeling, that's still coping. Yeah, it doesn't mean that it's always healthy. Let me yeah. say that. It doesn't mean that. that it's always healthy. I, I get that. But what you I, can have unhealthy coping. Okay, so let's just let's just deny unhealthy things real quick. Okay. But what I'm saying is, if I take pre- if I take preventative measures, okay, so for instance, like exercising is really therapeutic for me, right? That's a coping skill. Yeah. But but if I do it even when I'm not feeling bad to make sure I don't feel bad. That's still considered coping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Instead of like, I already feel bad. Let me go run. Yes, and actually, I highly suggest that people cope before the bad feeling comes. That's what she's. Doing. That's an example of what she's doing. That's what's up. That's top tier advice we get. For real. Anybody's ever heard that shit? No. I always talk about coping. Like, oh, what are your coping skills to get over something? Yeah, yeah. Prevention. Yeah. Should always be aiming for. Like nobody wants. That's blessing. That's a blessing that she knows that. She's able to like she knows that she does not she's not her best when she walks into a space at the time that everybody's getting there. So the idea that you have coping skills that you can implement is a blessing. Because I feel like a lot of people don't have that. Or no. I know this like and y'all also gotta take into account like symptoms like that can also pass down to your children. And my youngest baby, Nola, she's like that also. So like when it comes to daycare, I always try to make sure I get her there when they open or maybe just a tad bit behind when they open. They nah, because if she goes so into the I, space I when everybody's the there. If I'm dropping off, I try to be in the parking lot 655 and then I'm walking them in. Because if she comes in at 8, 9 o'clock and the kids are already in there eating, she like freaks out. Yeah. And I know that she got that from me. Because, you know, she feels like she's different, you know, like she's like, not she's in this. She's the process of who's in here, like, what are y'all doing? I wasn't, like, she has to see things build up in order mm-hmm. to be okay. Mm-hmm. So, did y'all learn this about y'all because of the studies, or did y'all know these things before y'all studied? I learned it because of the studies. How about you, Lakeisha? Mm, I learned of it because of the studying, but I don't implement, like, those coping skills. Because I don't need them. You like the way you are. Yeah, I like, I like, I don't have anxiety about coming into a new space. I like it. I like it. Because it's like, and I don't even view it as like, I don't put it on like me. Like, like, oh, how are they going to view me? It's more, I put it on the them. Like, see, it's different. Like, I think, you take it how you, you take me how you take me? Yeah, exactly. Like, I, you guys, that's how y'all just kind of deal with me. I don't feel like how I should have to deal with y'all. I have to have the complete opposite of Tamara. What makes you? But I don't that care way? how they look at me. No, but like, no, I don't even need to like when I walk into a space or feeling like I'm like coming in new. I don't care if I'm coming in new. That's exciting for me. <laughs> like if I'm coming into a space new and somebody people don't know me, they already been doing what they doing. I'm like, okay, well I'm here now. So what we doing? That's yeah, how I feel. Gotcha. That's what's up. You know, like, that's I, the I'm difference. Like that. I'm like that. Throw yeah. Your, throw your rule away. We no, because you, <laughs> you want to know what? It goes to this, and I ain't even going to jump down this bag. It goes into this, like, in a sense, this is, like, the silent arrogance part a little bit. I'm a Libra. That's all I say my time. It's like, because I feel like any room I'm welcome. Any See, room that's a crazy thing it, about Eric. I made it to, I'm supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. So, like, if, 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 if you get uncomfortable or if I, that's like, when you get a job interview, they saw something mm-hmm. that selected me. Mm-hmm. So why am I gonna go in there and peel back? Well, I yeah, yeah. Like, at I the very say. end of the day, when I walk in there, I mean, you feel me? You say you gonna get when you say yes. I gotta get over that. Oh no! Nah. I walk into every room mm-hmm. and I'm like, let me see. Do you feel like to you're an authentic self? I, I'll be doing that to the point where the meat know who it. Wait, oh, what? And, I, and I'm still like. Still processing, like, okay, 
Alright, but the next meeting. Yeah. To the point where I'm not no present. I'm not, I'm not my authentic self mm-hmm. because I feel like the self that I am now mm-hmm. ain't been recognized yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like I'm in the process of growing, but ain't ready to show growing yet. You want to show growth? Yeah. I, I just guess uh-huh. I've learned. Look at Mike. Yeah. This is awesome self-disclosure. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> we had a really, a really, a really great conversation with Car yesterday. But I guess to my wife's point, she's kind of the opposite of me. She's more reserved. And I've just been in situations like I've messed up way more times trying to be something than being myself. Mm-hmm. Like I walk into something trying to be like, let me let me be who they think I am. And then I go in there acting like this. They ask me a question. I'm like, uh, uh, <laughs> what? Or, or yeah. you end up in places. It's like, mm, nah. And then you walk in the rooms trying to please person A and you be yourself. And person C is like, yo, that's the person. I like this person. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it comes from the thought of the person that you know you are mm-hmm. is gonna like turn off somebody that you think you're supposed to be proven. Good, pr- proven for sure. Because I, I think that's I think we share that in the fact of we'll reject ourselves sometimes, mm-hmm. dumb ourselves down, yeah, in order to survive. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Because I think I do that a lot. I think but you know, I, I, like on a day to day basis, especially like at work. Mm-hmm. I'll go in, like, let's say it's 10 meetings that week, right? Mm-hmm. I'll go in 10 meetings and not say nothing at all. Oh, well, you better than me. Only because, look, Wait. only because mm-hmm. I ain't never self-preservation. said nothing at all of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's always that makes right. a lot of sense when you think about, like, people with personality disorders or, like, have you guys ever um, heard of, like, multiple personality disorder? Mm-hmm. And so that's, like, people get that disease based off of trauma, right? So that somehow in their brain, in order for them to cope with the horrible things that they've been through, they have to be somebody else and, like, have all these different things. Mm-hmm. And that kind of reminds me of that. It's, like, kind of like self-preservation. Like like yeah, it's, like, self-preservation of, like, I'm this person with you because this is, yeah. the, this is I don't feel safe to be myself. Yeah. here yeah. and so the one thing for me is that like this is no lie y'all and I know that probably Tamara knows me the best here I show up myself everywhere mm-hmm. there's no place where I don't feel like I can't be me mm-hmm. and if I can't be me I'm not going there yeah. that's how I, I feel like in terms of that like there's so many other things that I have to grow and learn about like as a person as a woman as a mom as a wife but like when it comes to self I feel like it's this piece it says self actualization but they say it's like you really not there until you like 70 I guess yeah. but I feel like but I know I, I'm I come into a place I don't feel like I have to have those like I used to have my white voice have my like this voice and that I don't have it I have Lakeisha's voice and like now I feel like I can walk into any place and be me you may have answered this but you what you said you were that way before the studies no no I was like painfully shy and like really reserved Mm -hmm. before Trinity as a young person so so the the studies studies (laughs) point out all of these things but you made the conscious decision to say okay I know all these things y'all gotta deal with it well no (laughs) I feel like I know all these things, but I don't know. It's really bad. This is so horrible. This is probably a Leo, like, thinking all about myself. But, like, I feel like the feedback has been positive about my real self. You know what I mean? Like, I haven't gotten any negative feedback about me. So I'm just like, why do you continue to come in here talking white? Or white. You know, like, 
come presenting yourself in a way that's different than how you really are. Just be you. People love you. So just be you. And that's what the switch was. Because I used to come into places maybe being a lot more docile, playing the background, observing. I feel like I was like that when I was young. I was very quiet, very like do as you're told, speak when spoken to. And that wasn't me. So as I got older, I feel like I got my voice. I've been more open. So... To her point, are your coping skills that you talk about being on time, it has nothing to do with like showing up as Tamara? No, 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 no. I'm very confident in myself. Mm-hmm. So I, I did used to, um. I'm, yeah, I saw it's, that. It's a feeling. It's a, it's, it has nothing to do with who I'm walking into or, mm-hmm. or who's looking at me as well. Mm-hmm. I'm extremely comfortable with myself at this age. Um, it's just really just a feeling like, I just, I just have to know like what's going on. How old I have to were you when you got into that? So I, like I can control it, huh? How old were you when you got into that? When you said this age, like how old were you? Was like. I'm Tamara and completely confident y'all gonna get you gig. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a great I question for her. It started with me and Lakeisha met. That's why you gotta be careful who you choose as your friend. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was very like she was explaining very docile. Yeah, she I saw and so that is therapy, crazy. right? That's pathology. Like I saw like I lashed on to her because at like I saw myself in her. Mm-hmm. Like at J C Penny, I was just like, she's just I real quiet. For real? Yeah. Oh no, very yeah, like. That's crazy. And I used to be like, because I had moved uh, from Chesapeake, Virginia to Suffolk, Virginia, and I remember um, those kids like they spoke very differently. And I used to try to fit in, so I tried to like change my accent because mm-hmm. I spoke white. Yeah, yeah. And white. I tried to change my <laughs> accent and everything. Like, yep. Now, just like you give the. <laughs> yeah, you get I what you get. Okay, you get what so you get, and you don't throw it. Y'all gonna know that, like yeah. But um, yeah. So I, I was just, I was. Oh, what's up? No, too loud. Oh, yeah. I, I was definitely um painfully shy, and it just started kind of to switch when I met Lakeisha. Like, just like having that friend speak life into you, like all, yes. all the time, over <laughs> and over. Like, you're beautiful, you know, da da da. Just really like boosting you. That helped. But I feel like I really just came to who I am when I moved to this world. I, I saw, agree. I saw more people that looked like me. And, mm-hmm. and it was like a good thing. Yeah. You know what um, I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. I'm black and I'm proud. I make money. Like, yeah. I make money. Like, everybody was just so confident in their blackness. And and I just, I blend in with that. Like, I, I believe everyone, that. Especially from Keaton County, I don't ever want to move from this area. Yes, so where yes. we're from, it was kind of like, it was, there so were black divided. Smith is black. Yes, it was more like that. So, like, there were black people there or whatever, but still there was kind of, like, an inkling of just, like, oh, well, what do white folks know? White folks get better things if you do, like, go to this store because, mm-hmm. you know, that's white area. Like, yeah. Black, black, black. Are you saying, like, and I'm not being funny. That's so true. Black, 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 no, but, like, black excellence wasn't a thing. Oh, was no. Yeah, I'm trying to think about. right now, right? So, like, when I think, like, I was just talking to them about houses in Maryland. And I think of like Bowie. I feel I find Maryland to be of like the black mecca a little bit, like where black people are on a high, are on a like they're elevated. And that was not the case in Newport News. I don't know about Suffolk, but there was no area in Newport News or or my seven five seven area where there was black people that were predominantly black. That was the ghetto. It was the ghetto. That was yeah. And then like if you were in the suburban area, it was just like oh. They up for the, but it wasn't mm-hmm. like a positive thing. It wasn't positive. Because like I told, I think I was telling a story earlier, like I had to dumb myself down. 
I felt better being like cussing it, cussing and stuff, mm-hmm. because I forget where we were talking I about. Like yeah, where I forget where we were at, but I felt like I felt different um, mm-hmm. when I came. Oh yeah, from to com- from coming from Seattle to here, like it was such total shift. Whoa, you born there? In Seattle, yeah, that's where I was born. Yeah, and raised until I was like twelve. That has to be like a complete. Oh, opposite yeah. of the- no, it's totally different. Y'all say yo. We never said yo. <laughs> so how did you, what, what, what did y'all say? I was so thrown off by just that. Y'all yo, like, I was like. <laughs> y'all like, hello. No, I just. <laughs> <laughs> how are you today? No, I think we had our slang and stuff, but we didn't say yo. I think yo is really an East Coast, like, verbiage. Like, I don't think y'all know that, but, like, in the West Coast, you're not going to hear people saying yo. Coast, though, no, okay, yeah, I'm from I'm from Seattle, so yes. but I still felt like I was West Coast. So you're a Seahawks fan? No. What do you like? I I don't I I decide not to say to say. That was the biggest thing for me when I moved was yo. Yeah. That Y O. I was like, yo. Yo, wow. when you say yo, you're talking about like, you know, the start Ayo, of the or start of the yo, yeah, yeah, like yo, you do this, this, and that. Like, it's crazy. She got me thinking about I sent a lot of Ayo, man. Like, Ayo. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. crazy. I used to say that a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So we didn't have that. We didn't talk. We didn't say yo. That's wild. Hey, you know what? We said hella. Y'all don't say hella. Y'all didn't say hella. I've heard it before, but I can't say we say it. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So I, that was a big thing, and yeah. bomb was a big thing. Like, that's bomb. Oh, he turned it on his. This is a podcast. <laughs> Yo, Luca, you can turn up. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Here you go. go but I think what's crazy for me, it is crazy. I think I realized this today. I think I'm myself authentically because. When I so I tend to take on people's thoughts of me too much. When I try to like form around other people, I leave the room feeling like, what is such such thinking about me? Oh my god, I made such such feel like this. So I realized like if you gonna feel a way about me, you gonna feel a way about me being me. And, and at the very end of the day, I don't do nothing maliciously. So if you took it that way, you either gonna say it to me or go in your car feeling like how you feel because I ain't going home with you no way. You crying a car. Bro, because you want to know what? It's been times in my past I can vividly remember. Close friends, he'd be like, yeah, man. Um, I just, I'm cutting my grass for the first time this weekend. I'm making this up. I'm like, bro, I can't make it. And then it will be a whole thing about, like, why I couldn't drive home. So I'd be in a, that whole weekend, I'd be feeling about, like, dang, bro. Like, I let them down. They don't with me. Like, I don't let them down. I'd be realizing, I'd be staring and realizing, like, dang, 85, got two lanes. When you look through the trees. Right. It's Thank you. Look at that, Mike. <laughs> no, that's a real thing. Like, Can we not? Like, this is so good. Yeah. Like, you know, this is such a good conversation. It's so, it's so minute. But like, if you live, if that is that topic right there, I could go on for days about. Yeah, for sure. But but, but it was bad. You want to know what? Me and Brittany moved out in 2013. Very one-sided. All the way to 2014 and a half, so 18 months. Y'all moved here when? You said August. Uh, August, right? Of 2013. Okay. All the way until. 2015, but it was only a year and a half of living. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Me and Brittany went back twice a month, every month. <laughs> every month. To the point where we would get off work. It was that long. Okay. I did, I did. And in the context of a year, how many but times it, would you say? But we did go back. We went back way more than you supposed to go home. Let's say mm-hmm. that. Even if it was just one time a month, every month. That's it a lot. That, would you agree that it was definitely at least that? Once a month? Every other month. Let's say every other month. Okay. Because you had to think about we kind of center it around your breaks when you were working. But even that's crazy. As a teacher, you got a spring break. You got a 
Christmas break, uh, President's weekend, four weeks, all those times I'm going home running. And then I would go home and I would go to my grandma's house. So my family dynamic is really weird. Yeah. But but, but everybody should be her side and my side. My side got three sides, her side got one side. Then I got my friends. And then you'll go home and then you'll travel. Uh, I'm going to tie this back into what we're speaking about. But you'll go home and then it'll be like, you'll be in here. Then you spend there for five hours, and you gotta leave. And they're like, "Oh, why are you leaving so soon?" Yeah, I think that's thing. That's the part that hey, tie that back in the anxiety of feeling like, like feeling like, like hey, right. If I come home and don't see these people, then I realize like, if you ask me to come see you, I immediately go to in my mind, when's the last time you come to see me? And I, as an adult, I've grown to this point. Mm-hmm. I don't ask people to come see me because I don't want you to think I'm gonna come see you. Yeah. So, so me, so, so you like, are me, and yeah. me are you. Yeah. We are each other. So, yeah. Because I'm like, I'm I always, I don't even put it out there because yeah. I don't That's need like, the reciprocity in that area. Yeah. See, they, they're too good of friends, but this is a true story. Like I told Mike, I was like, hey, bro. Don't get us nothing for Christmas because I ain't getting you nothing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Don't yeah. no, see, that's too good of friends. I say the same the baby, thing to Tamara. The babies get stuff. Yeah, the that's same thing. But see, that's friendship. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because, because, but the reason what I realize is. Expectation setting. Bruh. That's what it is. I don't want you to think. When I say reciprocal, I reciprocal. Hey, look, man. If I'm down with you and you say this body got to go in the river, I'm going to wrap it with you and same, everything. You feel same, me? Same. But I'm also going to be honest. Hey, bruh. Hey man, like if somebody called me, like, hey man, what you doing for your birthday? Nothing. Y'all ain't gotta come up because when your birthday come around, I might not be coming down there. I'm the same way. Call me, we talk, and that be that. Yeah. Same. But yes. As I started building like that, my anxiety levels about telling people no yeah. went down. Yeah. I can say like, no, I'm good now, bro. I'm like, good. y'all straight. Y'all go ahead and do y'all thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right? You know what I'm saying? Like, or or or, or even be on some chill. Like, might be my hey, bro. Friday we gonna turn up. We said it's on Tuesday. Right. Friday come, hey Mike, bro. That week done got to me, bro. I see you when we record. <laughs> I ain't, but I'm not ashamed to say that no more because I don't. Mike can say like, "Hey, bro, no, I'm good today. I, I'm chilling. I don't want to." Do cool. You know what I'm saying? So I ain't learned that until the anxiety thing. Because I had a panic attack like maybe a month ago. I woke up out my sleep like it was a lot of things going on. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it was a panic attack until I read up on the panic attacks. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it was like no crazy like yeah. jump. But I was like, "Yeah, I woke up out my sleep. I ran in the bathroom, cut all these lights. So I'm like, Brick! Britt, it's time. I'm like, yo, what's going on? It's time. I'm like, it's not Wait, a, what's the time? Revolution. I'm like, bro. Oh, you bet. Like, <laughs> in it, my it, mind, people. You are dying. People die. That was a panic 30. attack. People yeah. die at 30. I'm that turning the lights a- on. The light, the bathroom light on, the closet light on, camera sleep. I turn the TV on, the hallway light on. I'm like, Britt. Hey man, like, hey man. He said he gonna die I'm turning on the sink in the bathroom. <laughs> hey bro, but we got two sinks. Mike, Mike, I'm not. Do you remember that night, Chris? Did you remember that night? I turn on, I turn on the. I'm in the bathroom. Turn on the shower, the water, and everything. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna run this bill up before I go because I might not be able to pay. You are, like, what do you mean? Wait, Wait, I'm trying to figure out. Yeah, I'm trying to really get you to say more. No, no, no. Okay, so I didn't really turn on all the, the water, but I turned on the lights and stuff, right? But the thing was, I think I have a very bad habit of compressing stress. And a lot of things were going on that wasn't really, like, like obvious. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, work, virtual learning on our side is... This, I'm an extrovert. Working really from, hard. Working from home and your office being your workspace and having a newborn where, like, you're, 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 you're working and you're parenting... And when you turn off work, the parenting doesn't stop, and you try to find balance. So I think I was just stressing out about it a lot. Yeah, very. And, and, yeah. and I was like, still podcasting, photography. It may not have been a month. It may have been like more like two months. What's, what's it, February? 
It may not even have been this year. It may have been like a little bit towards the end 2020, of 2020, yeah. yeah. But I realized like as African-Americans, we compress a lot of stress. Yeah. And I think it just got to me. Yeah. I think it was just like a lot. And it got to me when I woke up. But the, the true story, nothing added, was like I woke up in a panic and I turned on the bathroom. I was like, Britt, Britt, is everything straight? She's like, yo, what's going on? I was like, no, my heart was beating real fast. Mm-hmm. And my breath was, my, my breathing was real. I'm like, yo. And I felt like my heart was skipping beats. And I like calmed down for a second. I stayed for an hour. And then I, you know, Google. I'm like, I'm like what symptoms of a panic attack? Like, we have MD. Yeah. Did you say that? Did you put in your symptoms first, or you thought that you had a panic attack and then it was confirmed? I said, what happens when you wake up? I said, waking out your sleep with a racing heartbeat. Oh. Then I just started reading articles. You know, since I've been in grad school, I, ch- I, I, I source check. Mm-hmm. So I make sure the sources were legit. And I read, I was like, dang, I ain't never experienced that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that led me to go to my first, uh, you know, first, like, inquire about therapy because I don't think I was feeling stressed out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You were managing it. Yeah, that happened to me. That actually happened to me. I like, I mean, this is like super self disclosure. I can't even say, like, literally, nobody knows this except for Tamira and my husband. Um, you gotta hear first on millennials. Yeah, I was having like chest pain, like a lot, and I didn't know what it was from. Mm -hmm. One day, I called, like, I had chest pain so bad that it was like, like, I felt like it was like impacting my breathing. So I called my coworker because it was just two of us, and I was like, "Hey, I feel like I can't breathe. Should I come to work?" And yeah. she was like, "No, like you should go to the doctor, the right?" Fact that you called and said, "Yeah, because I, I'm still, I am reliable. I don't like to leave nobody like just hanging." Mm-hmm. So I called her to say, "Like I, like there's nothing really wrong with me. But I feel like I can't even take a breath without like my chest is just hurting and in pain." So I went to the doctor. I had an endoscopy done, like all the stuff where they like check my stomach lining, everything. They looked, it says nothing wrong. Right. My doctor right. came to me, the gastroenterologist, this is not a therapist, came to me and said, this is, in, I think you have anxiety. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't see anything in your stomach lining, in your throat that would indicate that you have, like, a stomach issue. Mm-hmm. You do have a stomach issue. You have acid reflux, but it's due to stress. There's no other, Ooh, yes. like, thing. There's nothing you're eating. Because we had, ch- I had changed my diet. Remember, I stopped drinking coffee. I started eating tr- just green leaves. That's mm-hmm. it. And it was still, I was in the, and the medication that were giving me for the thing was working. Sure. So he said, I think that this is anxiety. And I was, I had called, I remember I called Tamara. I was just like, I feel so kind of lame and this is like really self-disclosure because like i would never tell my clients this right now i'm like you need to do it but like i was like i feel really kind of like weak having to take medication because i can't manage my anxiety my body is reacting to me Mm -hmm. right so i like you usually think that like maybe it's something mental but no it was like somatic symptoms my i was having acid reflux i couldn't breathe it was Mm -hmm. bad and so i started taking anxiety medication and Mm -hmm. gone but but i think Hey, you should feel weak. No, I don't know more. Okay, but yeah. at the time, that was like two years ago. Yeah. And I felt like, wow, that's so like you're a whole therapist and you can't like manage your so that's symptoms. A great question that <laughs> I want to ask. When does this therapist need a therapist? All the time. I think from the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> like, just they always say a good therapist has their own. Like so, y'all think it's like an ongoing thing, regardless. Yeah, I don't think that therapy is just like you have an issue, you go and it's fixed. Because yeah, I feel like you know, I feel like. People like, I was about to say you people, but that was going to come off so bad. But people like y'all sales, y'all three, no, y'all three specifically, I feel like y'all are such good people, there's no way you can be in that line of work and not take on other people's feelings. Like, I don't think you can, like, cut it off at work. Just because 
y'all not a holes. Y'all not real like mm-hmm. you know. You get what I'm saying? Like I don't think y'all can't double negative. But I don't think y'all can't not feel. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. that's what made me ask. Like, what? When do y'all feel like it gotta be like? Hey, look, I got to go. I like. That's a really good question. That's like um. I feel like that happened to me recently, and I feel like Tamara is like checked. I, I'm always referring to her. But maybe if I had another therapist friend. It would check out, but like I have a, a client right now mm-hmm. at a stage that just told me maybe about like she found out on Christmas that she has stage four colon cancer. Sheesh, yeah. And this me, this me and this client, we are like that, like we have a very strong like therapeutic rapport. Mm-hmm. So it really impacted me. So Tamara kind of told me like this seems to be like really bothering you. You know, you seem to be making like exceptions for this client, which is true. Like mm-hmm. I will go in on a day that I'm not working because I. I'm trying to like, like make exceptions for her, and like ba- you know break my boundaries as a therapist. So Tamara made me realize that of like, you know, what are you, what are you doing with yeah. this girl? You know, like, yeah. and I call her something that I'm not gonna say on here, but like Tamara will say like, you know, you are like it was kind of just that like meaning like a therapist needing a therapist, mm-hmm. like her telling me like reflecting to me that like maybe this is like. Yeah, yeah, I on the, like, you know, like, yeah, you yeah. really have a lot of empathy for this client, which is good, but, like, to a fault. Like, how are you going to feel for when sure. she's stage four cancer? So, like, what are you going to do when sure, she inevitably sure. passes away or yeah. things like that? So I think it's helpful, mm-hmm. like, th- having that, like, check-in. And I'm just lucky that, like, my best friend's a therapist, but if you have a therapist, I feel like they would, like, if you're a therapist and you had a therapist, yeah. they would give you those, like, kind of reality checks. Yeah, I think we need definitely for maintenance. Like, not to wait until something goes wrong, but just maintenance. Yeah. Like, we, like, we hear everyone's stories and, like, we're always there for them when they're vulnerable, but it's like, who's there for us when we're vulnerable? Because we have our own stuff going on and then we're taking on and trying to figure things out for you also. Like, it, it, it does become a mm-hmm. lot. Like, I definitely need one. Yeah. And sometimes you just feel it and you just like, oh. Yeah, you just feel and, like, it. And, like, because I call, yeah. it's like she you calls me with stuff. Like, I call her with the same, like, stuff. But we really should be talking to our To somebody else, yeah. Our, our friend, our best friend is a therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, when I call her, I'm always just like, girl, do you guys space for this? Yeah, she says that. Oh. <laughs> every conversation. Which is not oh, something sorry. you would say to your friend normally. Yeah, but she, I know, like, she's dealing with her own personal issues. And then on top of that, she's dealing with the same type of clients I am. So I'm just like, girl, do you really got space for, like, what I'm going through right now? <laughs> so just making sure that her head's clear. But yeah. um, it does help. But we definitely need a So therapist. y'all feel that feeling off weekly, monthly, like, I would daily? Say, I would say weekly. Yeah. Where I just feel like... Um, Maybe just like the information or the things that you hear, and it depends too on like the area that you're in. So I think at first, like a lot of the work that I used to be was really traumatic. I worked in Baltimore with women who were oh, in a homeless shelter, yeah, so they had a lot of like immediate needs, a lot of like uh, what do you call it? Like, um, okay, okay, what do you call it? Like, um, uh, basic needs, like that the lowest level. She can't even get to like doing other stuff. She can't even feed herself. So like that, I went from that work to like now I work in Fairfax County with like uh, white people generally. There's very, like I probably can count, like I've been working there for almost four years and it's probably two people that I've seen that are of our color. And usually it's, it, the, the issue is so different. It's mm-hmm. like, um, I have like, it's, it's like school refusal. <laughs> It's like, I'm not going to school. My parents are a millionaire, and, like, I'm not going to school. You can't make me because I have anxiety. So it's just very different, I think. I don't know. Um, I don't even remember what I was talking about. 
But when I was working in Baltimore, <laughs> the different areas, like yeah, 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 you work in different areas, so you have a different level of empathy. So like in Baltimore, <laughs> I felt a lot of empathy, mm-hmm. right? Because those are my people. Like I'm seeing her struggling, mm-hmm. and then it's different in Fairfax because I'm like, take your ass to school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. They got it from somewhere else. I don't couldn't tell you what that resource was. But um, when it comes to like providing therapy or providing help to to anybody, like even if it's your child, like you have to make sure that yourself is good in order to be effective for the next person. Mm-hmm. So they had compared it to like when you know when you go on your flight on the airplane and the um, flight attendant is like going through the motions of like what, where everything is at, or whatever, and they tell you for whatever reason if the crane happens to start uh, about to crash and the oxygen mask comes down. They always tell you to put your oxygen mask on first and then help before the person you help somebody else. Yeah. So like they just apply that to life in general. So like even if it's your kid, you have to make sure everything is good with you so you can do everything that you need to do with your kid. And when it comes to our clients, it's the same thing. Like make sure that you are good as a therapist, a counselor before you proceed to help somebody else. Yep. Cause I will literally call to Mary sometimes in a panic and then I have I'll be like, Oh yeah, I got a session at two. She'll be like, You should probably cancel. <laughs> you know <laughs> You know what's crazy? I think this is so this part I didn't learn about myself. I just think I'm weird because I've always felt like people need to feel feelings. Like, I ain't never had no problem saying, like, I think emotions is such a touchy thing for people in general. Mm-hmm. Like, that's like if you experience something and the emotion that it provokes was not the emotion that you intended, mm-hmm. it automatically makes the situation iffy. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought this would make me happy. It happens. Right. And you don't feel happy. You're like, oh, bro, like... Oh, yeah. Nah, like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Versus, like, mm-hmm. what did that make me feel? Right. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. I, I think I've seen in my lifetime with a lot of family, friends, like, unaddressed emotions internalize and turn to something else, no mm-hmm. matter which way you want to flip it. Yeah. I don't care what it is. It's like, if you go down, if you, uh, I'll just use a story. For instance, when my mom passed, right? Mm-hmm. I was really, uh, the way I, you know, everybody handles grief differently. I mm-hmm. was really, like, I got to prove, I got to prove, I got to prove, I got to prove. Because it was my, I was going into my senior year of college. Mm-hmm. I felt like if I would have stopped, I would have never finished college. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I got to prove, I got to prove. But my grief came out in, like, snappiness sometimes. Mm-hmm. But Irritability. Thing, it it okay. did. But you know the craziest part about it? I wasn't always sad. 
Sometimes I was just like questioning what happened. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't anger necessarily, I was just questioning, but I ain't never given myself a chance to question. Mm -hmm. So it turned to anger two months later. Mm -hmm. Or I may think of a happy memory uh, and then I don't say, say I didn't say it to my wife, like, hey, I was feeling, I was thinking about me and my mom did this. Then I get mad that I can't experience that with my mom again. Oh. But the happiness really turned around and turned into anger on the back end. Right. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Like, because I ended up getting mad that I couldn't do it again. Mm-hmm. And I think, mm-hmm. like, you know, um, all right, that's cool. We got you. <laughs> hey, I got that Samsung for you. Okay. Hey, you know I'm gonna click the worst thing. Ever. I'm gonna click that out. But, oh, Samsung. But 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 in closing, what's I guess we gotta close. We gotta go be parents. Uh, but what would y'all say the biggest thing, the biggest misconception about therapy in the black community? What's the biggest misconception? Hey, don't hold no punches. Yeah, That's for real. Let us know. That something's wrong well like you're crazy mm-hmm. yeah you're crazy yeah. i think that's the first uh stigma that comes to my life i ain't crazy i don't need to go talk to nobody that and um mm-hmm. right oh, lord I, mm-hmm. I think there's a place for that though what like simple friend therapy well it's not therapy you talk to your friends Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. You can vent to your friends. That's yeah. But typically, when you're venting to your friends, they don't have an unbiased mind. They're, yeah. They're completely on your side about whatever the situation oh, is, so okay. they can't yeah, effectively, yeah. clinically help you with what you're going through or explain or to you they know why you feel this way about They have their own bias. And yeah. a lot of times, you're not going to be 100 percent transparent with your friend because yeah. they know you. Yeah. So you're, sure. you're not going to get the whole story. That's so they can't help you in that situation. There's plenty of other reasons why your friend can't give you therapy. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you're not crazy when you go. And I had another one. It just slipped my mind as I was talking about the friend thing. I think the craziness and that. Um, and I think, too, that there's this, like, I don't know. There's this perception of therapy of, like, the yeah, that something has to be wrong. Like, you can go. and You can be mentally healthy and go to the, see a therapist. Mm-hmm. For maintenance. Yeah. You want to maintain mm-hmm. that space that you're in. But you still yeah, like or just, like, uh, kind of, like, and then there are some people, I don't know, I view it as, like, people view the, the, the therapist as, like, a non-thing. Um, like, if you had, like, a broken leg or something like that, you wouldn't question going to the doctor. Exactly. You know, like, it's, it's no thought. To your yearly appointment. Yeah, your annual appointment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what would be wrong with going to a therapist? Like, even if you did get your treatment and you're good, like, what would be wrong with going to a therapist once a year just to be like, I'm checking in about this? You know what? You know what she just gave me, Mike, and I'm going to let you close out. You know what Britt told me? that made me look at the world completely different. You can grieve things that aren't dead. No. Like the, oh. like the loss of something. That no, do you know that? It's lost, period. Yeah. It's, it's a transition. lost period. Yeah. Not death. Oh, it could be a, you can let the a loss of a job, a loss of a relationship. Or it could even it could be, be something. It doesn't have to be anything negative. It could be something good, such as, um, I remember reading this book. It's literally called Transitions. And it Transitions, could be like yes. how both of y'all, y'all just had y'all first child. Y'all lost, lost the, freedom. the life of yeah. not having yeah, yeah, a kid. And I had that grieving process. It's a transitioning yeah. life. Or even like when you purchase a home, you lost like just renting and not having to worry about the whole yeah, entire sure. entity yeah. but now this is solely yours that's a loss it's yeah. Yeah. That's real though. Yeah. It, but it make you it make you really think because i'm gonna tell you a thing like and this is a true story like uh one of my brothers had an incident in football where okay. it messed up his finger and he can't bend it okay but like the loss of that function in his finger Check the stairs caused him one place. There you go. to look at stuff differently. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy y'all say that because everything now can be grieved. Like, like yes. 
bro. Mm -hmm. Tell me about it. Because yeah. that house stuff, yeah. when you start getting them little bills for sewage and stuff like that, yeah. you know what I mean? I'm like, bro. I miss rent. Yeah, like, I used to call, hey, man, hey, man, come fix this oven, bro. Y'all remember the oven. Y'all yeah. remember the oven. They bring out the oven. Bro, bro, you remember that oven. So I'm like, yeah. Brent said you still ain't totally satisfied. Let me tell you, I'm in class and all my kids, all my kids like, bro, what's that sound? I hear bling, 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 bling. For like a month. Because y'all remember, it was supposed to take like a week. Yeah. And then it, 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 was it? It was like New Year's. Bro. For sure. Are you going to come to me? But anyway, Mike, what about yours, bro? Um, I would say a four sleep. Oh yeah, he getting it in. He getting it in. He's about to start, guys. Of, of course, the the stigma of you, gotta, mm -hmm. you, know, you, you must be crazy, um, and also something has to be wrong. But I would also add. Um, well, I have one too. That's kind that, of like a misconception. Uh, it don't work. I would also add that. See. That therapists aren't necessary. Okay. Generational conversation for <laughs> what qualifies them, right? To speak on, to to to, to do that, right? Because I think there's also a um, we qualify people that aren't qualified sometimes, right? But, yes. Uh, meaning that we feel like we can go to, of course, the parish or the pastor or uh, the pastor is <laughs> yeah, a good I feel one. Like that's a stigma too. That somebody's already filling that role for me. I think the Bible should, I'm going to say this about the Bible. I, I don't think the Bible is lost because of interpretation. Of, I think everybody should read it for their own interpretation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't think one person can read it and tell you how to feel about what you read. That's what the girl told Tamara. What you mean? Yes, another thing is that I think the misconception is that therapy is not effective. It doesn't work. Like, a lot of times people think that they come to therapy and, like, I have clients all the time come to me and say, like, um, I, I don't know, like, or I have, uh, I'll be working with a kid and their parents in therapy and they'll be like, my kid comes home and says all this cool stuff that he said. My therapist doesn't say that. Like, how do I get my therapist to, like, get deeper? I feel like people don't. Think, and then, or they go for a short amount of time. And they feel like, this is just stupid. I could talk to my sister about this because yeah. a lot of the, there are some like. And then you also have to be aware of like the skill level of your therapist. Like yeah. some people are just like more like, how do you feel? And they do just bro, just yeah. do that. I'm, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start going on yep and leaving some stuff, bro. Yeah, just like, yeah. I, mean, I I do encourage. Oh, go ahead. Um, people also think that therapy or going to therapy. That's true. Like, oh, I hear that. You know, everything's oh, supposed to yeah. be better from one session. Yeah. It's not, that's not the case. Yeah. Like, it requires work. That's yeah. such a good part. Like, yeah. like, you know, it's the same thing with medication. Like, you don't stop taking medication if you start feeling Exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So two blood pressure pills. Right. I saw this because um, I'm in this yeah. clinician. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm in this clinician true. group on Facebook, and some girl just another clinician just posted um, that she just lost a client because she didn't want to do homework. <laughs> I'm just like, you gotta do the work, girl. Yeah, you, you do. Yeah. Like, I'm so confused, but mm -hmm. I do encourage people to interview their therapist I just agree. as 
you would they would do anybody else. else. Like this is the person who's going to be helping you in your most vulnerable time. Like you need to make sure that they're going to be effective for you. And if y'all not relating, and I thought you 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 can get that sense of relatability in the first uh, meeting, in the first mm-hmm. consultation and session. Like if it's not feeling right, don't proceed with it. And that's one thing that I do as a therapist with joy. Yeah. If you if I feel like you have an attitude or any level, I'm like, oh, wait. My sense is that like you have an attitude. I have had a client that told me before, like very rude and direct, and I it's a joy for me. Like it's sad to say a joy, but like it's good. It doesn't feel bad for me to say like I'm not for you, girl. Yeah. Like you should probably find somebody else who you don't have to do this with. I think that's a skill. Though. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like this is not this is not for you. You can go. Yeah, I told her. I told Tamara. She told me like uh, hey, she. You keep starting so much stuff behind the scenes. Karen, I'm sorry, but maybe the conversation that we're having. No, she got real strict. She was upset with me because I did not. Like I told her, I would tell her next. You won't week. say her name and address though. I don't know her name. See, that's the <laughs> thing. I don't know her name. I don't know her name, but she got upset that I didn't email her like you won't that say her night. Debit card though. And I told her, like, listen, I'm not perfect. So if you're expecting me to be perfect and email you, you should probably talk to somebody else because I'm not, yeah. I'm probably never going to email you immediately. Yeah. That's probably never going to happen. Sure. I said, so be free and find somebody else. There's mm-hmm. thousands, yeah. thousands of people willing to work with you. I will say this on that end. <laughs> yeah, it's like I so had good. my first experience, it was straight. But I'm like, see, this is the thing. Yeah, bro, even though my wife's a therapist, we're going to take our therapy out on. Okay. I, I really yeah, but, did you go to the art? You did sixty credits. Mm-hmm. Oh, girl, you a school down. You were a therapist. Oh, you feel me? Yeah. No, but but hey, Lakeisha, it's okay if you say it. I can't say that. Okay. But, so now she's a therapist because you crowned her. Uh, so she so, did sixty credits. We but, went to the same school, did but, the same thing. But the thing I'm saying is, oh, like take that hat off. She's an intelligent woman anyway. If she don't get off the call feeling like, oh, I got something from that outside of her already being a therapist, I'm like. You not, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. even if you take her, her counselor, school counselor hat off, and say like, just her as a person, I feel like, see, I ain't that good with me. I I talk anyway, cause I feel like I just need you to listen. You ain't gotta say, oh, is that how you feel? I'm gonna keep talking anyhow. <laughs> I, I just need somebody to be like, word. Like my therapist can be like, you just word. need affirmations, just like, uh huh, uh huh. Cause I ain't even asking. Like, like, are you right? I'm not even asking to be right. Let me just say this so I don't start up with nobody else. Like, let me tell you. So I ain't gonna be a good judgment of a counselor anyway, because my joint is straight like machine gun. And then you like, how, <laughs> straight how, machine gun. How successful do you feel like this call is? Oh, good, bro. Ten. You can get a ten for me, but if I get off and I read her energy and it's like, mm, I'm like, oh, well, it wasn't a good one. I'm not. I'm not the. What I'm saying is, I'm not the person. You don't email me back. That's cool. Just make sure when I time a lot, you on the screen or you on the phone or in the office. Right. Phone, right. You know exactly. And it's about the vibe. The vibration. I need a yes man as a therapist. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? You're not going to grow. See, that's a problem. I don't need nobody telling me I'm wrong. You need to, yes, that's it. You know what I'm saying? If I ask, if I I gain a little weight and I say, hey, look how I look, you better say good. Nope. Or we have a problem. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, man, appreciate y'all coming in. Appreciate y'all coming in and blessing the podcast with this knowledge. Really, dude? But anyway, uh, man, Millennials vs. the World, it's your boy K.Mims. It's your boy Mike, got daggone Chappelle. It's a very amazing And? Oh, Lakeisha. And we out. <laughs>